Hey everyone, and welcome to Bitter Breakups. Here is where I tell you about relationship stories that end in some unbelievable ways. I'm going to take you on a roller coaster of emotions. Are you ready for the ride? Today I'm going to be telling you about a personal story of mine that happened pretty recently. I know everyone has that one friend that they spend all their free time with. Well, for me, that friend was Katie. Not only was she my best friend, but she's my cousin. After high school, we lost touch and stopped hanging out. It's mostly my fault because I went into independent study for my junior year and graduated early. Summer of 2019, I moved back to my hometown and a year later ended up living right around the corner from Katie. We reconnected and started hanging out a lot. During this time, Katie found out she was pregnant. I was so happy for her and excited to have a baby around. A few months into her pregnancy, she met a man named Mason online and started a long-distance relationship with him. This is when we started becoming distant again, and once again, it was due to me. I pulled myself away, but this time for good reason. Listen closely, because this part gets cr- So this Mason man said he was a Bitcoin promoter and was currently in a different country for work. He told Katie that he was in Singapore and was stuck there due to COVID. Although the COVID part was believable at the time, I still didn't believe it was real, but Katie wouldn't listen. After that, I lost contact with Katie. I had moved out of town again and was gone for about a year before coming back. When I moved back, I reconnected with Katie and got to meet her beautiful daughter. I find out that Katie was still talking to this Mason guy, but never able to talk on the phone or video chat due to what he called poor cell connection. I was shocked to see she still didn't realize this person wasn't real. At this point, it's the middle of 2021, and her so-called relationship had been going on for a year and a half. Although I knew it in my heart it wasn't real, I let her go on believing it because it was easier than telling her how I really felt and dealing with the argument. At this point, the biggest thing that bothered me, other than her fake relationship, was her going around and telling everyone that her daughter was a blackout baby, as if it was something to be proud of. A few weeks later, after spending almost every day with Katie at her house, she told me how Mason was having mail sent to her house and how he asked for a copy of her ID and she gave it to him. Not only should that have been a huge red flag, but the mail that was going to her house was piles of unemployment documents and cards with several different names on them. She told me how Mason would ask her to send him all the info for the cards and even Through all of this, she still didn't believe or see that this was a major scam going on. Along with all of that, this person was promising her a lavish lifestyle, new cars, a house, but also told her there is no way he could send her money to help her while he's apparently stuck out of the country. She was blind to the truth, but I stayed supportive. During this time, I spent a lot of time with her and her daughter. We went shopping, out to eat to the park and I ended up spending a lot of money with the promise of eventually being paid back. But I didn't expect to be paid back. I enjoyed helping and spending time with them. They were my family. Fast forward a couple weeks. It has gotten to the point where Katie's mom is messaging me every morning asking when I'm coming over because Katie's having a breakdown. 
90% of the time, it's because Katie's older brother, Adam, needs something from his mom, and Katie feels like he's just trying to take her babysitter away. Oh yeah, that's what Katie calls her mom, her babysitter. It's so disrespectful, but if someone calls her out for it, she'll go on a screaming rampage. To avoid the fighting and drama, and to give Katie's mom a break, I would go over there every day and get Katie out of the house. But eventually, even that didn't stop the breakdowns. Katie would go on rants in the car about how her family sabotaged her from ever getting a driver's license or a job. She says her family treated her so badly that she was mentally unable to work and she wanted to blame them for everything. But then again, she also said it was their fault for not helping her get a job. Katie never took responsibility for anything. One day on the drive back to Katie's after her mom dropped her off to meet me at Hobby Lobby, Katie started a huge rant about her mom and how she traumatized her as a kid in the summer heat. But before I get into that, let me tell you about what happened when we first got to Hobby Lobby. This is where the rant began. The first thing she said to me when she got there was her mom was destroying her life and traumatizing her daughter. I was shocked and confused, so I asked for more details of what happened. She told me that her mom took too long to open the car doors outside of Walmart, and she was letting her daughter get traumatized by the heat. I wanted to laugh because that just sounded ridiculous, so I just changed the subject. We did some shopping, and halfway through the store, Katie's daughter started to get fussy. You know, like toddlers do. But instead of trying to comfort and calm her daughter down, Katie said she couldn't handle it and walked out of the store. She just left me there with her daughter. And it's not the first time that she's done that either. Now let's get back to the car ride. I knew her ranting wasn't over, so this time I recorded it so I could show her mom and have proof that Katie really needed some mental help. I'm going to insert that audio right here. Tolerate it. 
my heart. I go sit in the shade in the water and just sit there. My heart's in the worst condition when I'm in the heat. Why couldn't you 
try for me, so I just didn't have to somehow. Well, then if you went through, that means uh, Kayla and Andrew and Adam did too. Well, Adam was a spoiled bitch. They got freaking everything. Okay, well, what about Andrew and Kayla? I was mostly Adam and Kayla got everything. And Andrew and I were left in the middle to suffer in the leftovers. The eldest and the youngest were always prioritized, and as little children were left in sink or swim, bitches. Yeah, I love my family. I had to get away from them. Now I have to get away from mine. I'm just stuck with them. I've had to get away from my family for years. I am just literally stuck. So goddamn stuck. My only way out was... The only way I could ever get out was a man saving me. I got a stupid job that I didn't like cleaning people's houses that I didn't want to see. I did that too, and then I ended up pregnant and not able to smell the fucking chemicals because it's bad for the baby. Yeah. I ended up fucked no matter what my situation. I got that job and ended up with... So as you heard from that audio, she is accusing her mother of traumatizing her as a kid with the heat because the car didn't have a working AC. Do you know how crazy that is considering how many kids go their whole lives without even having access to a car? I couldn't believe half of the things she was saying. You can hear me trying to tell her about my childhood, hoping she would realize she didn't have things that bad. But the whole time, she kept trying to one-up me in a way. And when I asked her about her siblings, she tried to make it out to where the only one who was ever traumatized was her. After that, I dropped her off and I went home, because I didn't want to deal with it anymore. The coming weekend was our local fair, and I invited Katie to come since there was a group of us going. When we got there, an old mutual friend of ours met us there, along with his brother, and Katie fell instantly in love with this dude. She finally decided to believe that Mason was a scam. After almost two years, she finally accepted it was a sweetheart scam. A few weeks later, after we had all been hanging out basically every day since the fair, Katie and Dylan finally made their relationship official, but Dylan was keeping a secret. He told his brother he felt like he didn't have a choice because Katie's daughter was attached to him and calling him dad, and he didn't want to hurt her. Along with the fact that Dylan told Katie that he was a virgin, which was a huge lie. A few weeks into their relationship, Katie had already disrespected her grandmother's house rules by letting Dylan spend the night, and she had her mom keep her daughter for those nights so she could have sex with him. They were doing it so much, and Katie told me she was trying to get pregnant. She would talk about having another baby and getting married, and you could tell how uncomfortable it made everyone, since her and Dylan had barely been together for a month, but no one said anything in order to avoid a meltdown from Katie. Things went on like this for about another month. I was still spending lots of money, driving everyone around, and enjoying the time with everybody. One day we were all hanging out, and Dylan's brother Michael was telling me about how he's been trying to get his daughter out of foster care, but he was failing because he didn't have a job and was living in a homeless shelter. So he asked me if I would be willing to petition for guardianship, and I was happy. Shocked, but I said yes. 
He and I went to the courthouse, did all the paperwork, and was just waiting on a court date. Katie and everyone were extremely supportive and excited as well. I went and bought a whole bedroom set and turned my second bedroom into the ultimate toddler room. Everything was going great. We eventually got a court date and it was set for August 1st, which was still a little over a month away. During this time, everything went to shit. One day after going out shopping and to the park, Katie had a huge meltdown. I'm not even sure what started it, but she was yelling and crying about how we all keep her from bonding with her daughter and how her brother is a bad influence and how her mom isn't allowed to babysit anymore because she can't keep the baby safe when she isn't home. This went on for about an hour. Katie was holding her daughter and screaming at everyone for not caring about her feelings. It took every ounce of me not to flip out on her. Because not only is she living rent-free in her grandparents' home, she gets her phone bill paid, free babysitting, and everyone tiptoes around her because no one wants to piss her off. She disrespects her mother by calling her her babysitter, but then gets pissed off if her mom has to run errands with the baby and doesn't tell her. She gets government money every month and spends at least $100 to $150 on getting her nails done, then complains that she doesn't have money to get her daughter the things that she needs. This day, this meltdown, was my breaking point. I left and I went home. When I got home, I sent Katie one last text that said, I can't do this anymore. You have no problem using me for rides and spending my money on you and your daughter with no intention of ever paying me back. You say that everyone else is the problem when in reality you have mental problems. You have a breakdown, screaming and crying in front of your daughter and that's what's bad for her. No one else will say this to you because they don't want to break your fragile ego but you are a self-obsessed narcissist. You think you are better than everyone. You blame everyone else for your problems when it's no one else's fault but your own. This is why you lose people. You're selfish and you take advantage of them. This is the last time I will ever speak to you. Goodbye. And it was, it was. That was the last time I texted her. I blocked her on all social media and deleted all of the photos I had of her and her daughter. I felt used. Because not only did I go over there every day to get her out of the house, I spent hundreds of dollars on her and her daughter. I even gave her my Samsung watch when I switched back to iPhone because she wanted one and I wasn't using it. After everything, she had the audacity to blame me for her not doing anything with her life. A few months later, I messaged Katie's mom to see how everyone was doing. And when Katie found out, she flipped out and took it upon herself to post horrible things on Facebook about me. This is what she said. To all my friends who know Elizabeth, tell her she'd be wise to leave my family alone. She will never be welcome again. This woman has no idea what it's like to be a mother, and if anything, she's a predator. You should keep your children far away from her. She is mentally unstable at the very least. She is the kind of predator who will bait you into feeling safe when you're with her, but as soon as you stray away from her program and the way she likes to run things, she will run your name through the dirt just like this. She has a vendetta to try her hardest to gain custody of someone else's child because she can't have any of her own, so she preys on single mothers. Single mamas, keep your babies close. There are predators everywhere and where you least expect them. 
A very good friend of mine saw these posts and sent them to me. She also immediately unfriended Katie. Anyone who really knows me knows she's crazy and talking a load of shit. I was trying to help a friend get his daughter back, out of foster care because he asked me to. How was that a vendetta? How was I trying to control you when you were the one calling me every day because you hated being around your family? I wasn't going to post anything about this until Katie posted all of those things. I finally told her what no one else would. And you know the funniest part? She told me that she couldn't seek help for her anxiety and depression because if she told the truth, they would take her daughter away. I spent a good five months being there for her, for everything. Even when I didn't agree with why she was upset, I was a great friend and cousin, and I treated her daughter like she was my own. But just like everyone else in Katie's life, as soon as you say something she doesn't like or you disagree with her, you are instantly the problem. As much as it sucks not having them in my life, I'm better off. She was never a true friend. Blood doesn't always make family. Loyalty does. For those of you who actually know me, you know that when I care about you, I care with 100% of my soul. I give too many chances and I trust too much. I always want to see the best in everyone, but even I have my breaking point. Once I've given up, I fully give up and you never get me back. I'm sorry if I sound or look like a bitch for posting this, but I needed to vent. It sucks when you go above and beyond for people who are supposed to be your friends and they completely turn on you because they didn't get what they want. I already do so much, but apparently it's never enough. I'm no longer going to be the one who is always there for everyone. I'm no longer going to drop everything and be there. I'm going to focus on me, my job, and my family. Those of you who are always there for me and genuinely care for me, I appreciate you so much. And I'm sorry if I don't show it enough. Between all the drama in my life, my busy work schedule, going through a divorce, and losing people I thought were my friends, it's just been a lot, but I'm strong. I love you all. If you would like your story told, please email me at realbitterbreakups at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.